the FCS college football experience, national championship preview and picks episode on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by hall of fame bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the hall of fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use that promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. People we're also brought to you by the hockey gambling podcast, brand new YouTube page. Yeah. Uh, love the NHL. Well, the hockey gambling podcast is for you. The hockey guys are giving away a, a free hoodie to celebrate their new YouTube channel. Register today, sportsgalingpodcast.com slash HGP. And remember as always folks to let it ride. This is Mike Leach, uh, head football coach at Mississippi state. And you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. FCS national championship. Yes, we are going to Frisco, Texas, an outdoor football game, much better than the other national championship in the FBS at that filthy bullshit stadium in Houston, Texas. This one is in Frisco. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a fun place to catch a game. And uh, look, I am well, first thing I'm doing before I even introduce myself is doing a weather check in Frisco, Texas. Uh, I believe we have a high of 59. They're calling for right now. High of 59 degrees, 17 mile an hour winds. Might that play a factor? Uh, they are calling for rain on Monday. So uh, hopefully, well, I don't know. I would actually like it to rain in the national championship game, but we'll talk all about that. Perhaps you're wondering who the hell you're listening to. And that's fair. My name is Colby swinging database Dan, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. Uh, would have killed a normal man, but nah. Now that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was, was like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. Yes, no opt-outs in this. I love the FCS. The heartbeat of college football, in my opinion. Cannot wait for Frisco. Uh not the greatest scheduling idea in my opinion. We'll talk more about that in a second, but I I can't wait to see this matchup. I think this matchup is going to be very, very exciting between two blue bloods with a lot of storylines, essentially. Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for this guy. I mean, look, he's He's been away. He's been celebrating the new year. If I had to imagine, he's down there 
somewhere powerboating with a few Capri Suns and maybe some, maybe he has that cut with some uh, plastic bottle vodka. No, some top notch vodka. Who the fuck do you think I'm talking to? Uh, but give it up for the Gulf Coast Guru, aka Mike Rose. How are you doing, brother? Happy New Year. Brother, I am good. And even though it doesn't always go good on the island, I'm a whiskey guy, so I'll always have the whiskey out there. Nice. Take the kayaks out to the Look, islands. Get I, some island off of me. I'm an Irish guy. That's an Ireland's a, a, an island, and whiskey works pretty fine there. Not a lot of palm trees out there. It though. just matters what <laughs> island. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, booze or booze. You bring booze anywhere. Look, uh, sure. I'll drink a pina colada. You, you give me a pina colada if I'm sitting there in Bora Bora. But at the same time, if I walk up to the bar, I'm probably ordering a, a whiskey rock, something like that. Depends on the mood. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I traditionally tend to tend to go whiskey. I'd say not, 70% of the time, 75% of the time. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be, no, I've been known to throw a bloody Mary up there. You know what I mean? Fire around, you know? Uh, but how, how was your new year's man? Yeah, not too bad, man. I went and uh, watched a makeshift ball drop at a bar outside, uh, like 65 degrees, 60, 65 degrees Ooh. out here. For this it. ain't so Youngstown I'm, anymore. Is it? I'm doing it. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. It was, it was wild. I'm outside just like, what the hell is going on? There's a Zach Brown cover band going up there. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> there you go, man. Uh, look, Mike's originally from, you, yeah, dude. I mean, I'm low key wife's pregnant. So I mean, just by, watching movies, uh, watching sports, you know, g- g- give us a movie drop. Uh, I watched that Oppenheimer movie. All right. Oh, there you go. There you uh, go. J- FYI, controversial ending. <laughs> controversial ending in case, in case you thought it was perhaps about a back doctor, not correct. Uh, you know, it is a doctor. It is a doctor, but, uh, shout out to the chat. They're already rocking along folks. You can watch this show, youtube.com slash the college experience. Shout out to Rick and jive Turkey already in there talking FCS action. Um, did you know this? Well, first, hold on. Let me, let me, uh, before I guess I go off on a tangent, let me key in on some, some of the shocking news that has happened in the FCS since we last recorded. We had a week off because just the schedule uh, during the holidays. Uh, but Mike Minter had stepped down at Campbell and he had recruited so well at Campbell. It was almost a mystery to me of why they weren't successful five and six in 2023. And he was just 49 and 66 and 11 seasons there in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. So he steps down. I don't know if he was forced out the door, probably. Uh, but now they went out and hired Braxton Harris, who was a former Campbell assistant coach from 2021 and 22. Uh, now he was just plucked away from the camels and he went to Houston Christian and actually had a pretty good season considering it's Houston Christian five and five in, in, in this first season there at Houston Christian before he jumps back getting hired away. So now we have an opening at Houston Christian. Uh, your thoughts on that hire? Yeah. Houston Christian. I mean, first of all, they changed from uh, Baptist to non-denominational, just Christian. So that's a tough transition for any <laughs> coach to make, you know, uh, but five and five, I thought was a pretty impressive season. I mean, uh, they, you know, they, they didn't really show up in some of the bigger games and kind of got blown out by teams like incarnate word, but they, they stuck with and handled a lot of the games that they should have. And uh, you know, games like 
Lamar. They only lost by two points, and that was a Lamar Cardinal team that was pretty solid. So I don't know. I, th- I think uh, he he overperformed for what I expected from that school, and I think that's a decent hire. Hopefully, some of the talent sticks around. Yeah, I, I'd say the timing of it seemed weird because it seemed to happen later when the most coaches were already uh, you know locked on to wherever their next stop was. Um, but they have been recruiting really well. Now I know it's the day and age of the portal where everyone can leave. I know Hajmalik Williams are star quarterbacks in the portal, but I, I, they've invested a lot in football and they haven't really seen it pay off yet. Maybe that's the future. It'll be exciting to watch. Uh, speaking of exciting to watch, we saw Florida a and M when a, uh, a black college football national championship uh, as they uh, won the celebration bowl. And now Willie Simmons heads off to after going 12 and one and 45 and 13 and five seasons. I thought he might get a head coaching gig out of it. No, he's going to go to Duke with Manny Diaz and be an offensive coach there. Um, How shocked were you at? I see. I thought Simmons might leave for a mid major head coaching job. I was a bit shocked that he was going to be a just, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't be that much shocked because they probably offered more money, but still a little shocked. What'd you make of uh, Willie Simmons, uh, you know, departing, you know, the swack in Florida A and M and the FCS essentially a uh, couple thoughts on it. First of all, uh, you know, I, I know you're a Colorado fan and uh, me personally growing up when I did, I'm a huge Dion fan and Dion got a lot of shit when he left Jackson state and went to Colorado uh, basically, you know, people saying he's abandoning his culture and, and I, I didn't really see it that way at all. I, I thought that he brought a lot to it and, and, and brought a lot of, you know, you're seeing the FBS guys coming down to the FCS to play for HBCUs. So, you know, I understand where people are coming from, but I'm not seeing that on Willie Simmons. And I'm very confused by Willie Simmons jumping and taking the Duke running back. Uh, I think it's the running back coaching position. I, I just like you, I thought he was going to take something bigger and I'm a little surprised it feels like, I don't know, maybe the jobs weren't offered or, or it has to be about the money. So I'm a little baffled. That's, that's kind of my second takeaway. Yeah. I mean, Duke's a private school, so we won't know the money, but, uh, but that would be my first inkling is that he got more money, but maybe also that, you know, he's winning this much at Florida A&M and if he's not getting, I, you know, I, I was a bit shocked. I know a lot of coaches, uh, you know, were relieved or fired or moved on or took better jobs. You had a lot of openings over the past, you know, two or three months here. And I was surprised that uh, he wasn't hired away. Essentially ULM. You saw them force Terry Bowden out the door. I thought, Hey, Willie Sims make a lot of sense. He's from the South. He's had great success in that region of the country. No, that didn't happen there. It doesn't mean I don't think, uh, uh, they're the guy they went with Brian Vincent isn't, isn't, uh, worthy of a head coaching job, but I was still perplexed. I mean, Trent Dilfer's a guy that went from high school straight into UAB, never really coached in college. And here you have Willie Simmons, uh, who, who has proved, uh, that he's a very good college football coach. Now, I don't know if it's the race angle. I know that obviously I thought I've always thought we've had a problem. Uh, shit. You could ask me as a kid in the nineties or in the, you know, when I first started getting the, uh, to college football, I'd be like, how the fuck is there only four black coaches? You know what I mean? Like it's a sport dominated by black people and, uh, to, to have 130 schools, you know, how the fuck is there not more black head coaches? Now I know there's more in the FCS mainly because we have the swag and MIAC, 
but I've always wondered why, uh, why that was, I think it's still a problem, probably more than we realize, but um, I, I don't understand how he's not a head coach. I'm, I'm a bit baffled by that. I also don't know if it's the smartest play to, you know, who am I to, uh, to speculate if he got paid more then I guess it makes sense. But at the same time, I would also think do another year four to AM. You're bringing in some talent. Just got what Daniel Richardson from FAU slash central Michigan to come in at QB. Cause I know Moose is off to the NFL draft, but you know, I, I would think maybe do another year there. Then maybe someone will look at you. I don't know. I mean, I guess there's not a strong history besides Dion of swack and Miak coaches being hired away by the FBS. And maybe that's what he's figuring, but either way, I think he's a hell of a coach and I think he should be given an opportunity. And I'm actually kind of impressed with Manny Diaz's staff he's put together. Cause I was kind of a skeptic of the hire of Manny Diaz at Duke, but uh, yeah, I mean, anything else, do, do you agree with that assessment? I do. I, I mean, what I'm really worried about is, is a, a program like Duke. That's not, you know, obviously not a football school. They're a basketball school. I, I know it seems as if they're buying in, but they are, know, they football. are putting more money into football. I'll tell for you sure. that. Yeah, for sure. But to, to go through the transition of, of coaches as rapidly as they have over the last couple of years, it feels like it's going to be really hard to do what Elko did or keep building on that right away. So I, I don't know if I'd want to be a coach taking a jump to the next level and jumping on board a program exactly like that especially in the ACC where God only knows how that conference is going to shake out, you know, in the next couple of years of where Duke's going to land. So I, I don't know. It's a risky move for him and I, I hope it works out. I like him as a coach, but uh, I expect the bigger things for him. And I, I, I'm surprised he didn't get the opportunity. Well, I, I remember in the off or in the off season when we were, where we were previewing back in the summer, we were previewing, uh, you know, not only me and you, but also the FBS with the college football experience show this, I, uh, I thought that Sean Elliott might get fired from Georgia state. And I, I was making the claim shit probably a year and a half ago that Willie Simmons uh, should be that guy. So um, I don't know. Like the, 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 only, the only thing I'll say is like a Florida job didn't open up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, did a Georgia job open up? I thought maybe one more year, maybe Georgia Southern fires clay Helton, you know, maybe oh. you get, Taken there. I don't know. I actually say as an East Carolina fan, when they were talking about Mike Houston, who who's coming back next year, that's arguable. Uh, I would have been very happy if we hired Willie Simmons, but I don't know. He's chosen this route. Maybe, maybe we will. Maybe Duke has a good year and ECU hires Willie Simmons. He's already there in Carolina. So I don't know, but pretty shocking Florida A and M. We don't know which route they're going to go from here. Obviously it's late in the cycle. That's the thing that sucks about this happening so late. I know they, uh, they, they named James Colsey, uh, the third interim head coach, but, uh, I would imagine they got it. It's up against them. I would imagine like they like at this late in the season, we know they had a strong transfer class coming in. I wonder if that even stays together, I mean, what's your thoughts on that situation? I think ideally at this point with, uh, I mean, I mean McNair's still out there. He still didn't sign on with Texas yeah, Southern. What the and, hell and is going on there with that? <laughs> I have no idea. I was very confused about what went down at Alcorn. Really? I, I didn't see that coming when they didn't resign him there. And then, you know, the Texas Southern thing last we talked, that was like a done deal. I thought it, it was a done deal. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be. So I, I don't think at this stage in the game, like you said, so late in the game, I don't think you could do much better than a coach like McNair. And maybe that's uh, uh, part of it is maybe hearing her rumblings about Simmons, and maybe that's going to be something that happens. But I think ideally that's who I'd go with at this point in the game. Yeah. I mean, there's that. I mean, what about an Ed Reed? I mean, I know no coaching history, but at least it'd be a splash. He's from Florida. Uh, I wonder yeah, if there's been a week down at Bethune. <laughs> yeah. I spent a week at Bethune. No one cleaned his office, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any other names that just jump out right away. Uh, I would be curious, you know, I don't know that he would take this gig. Uh, Cause once again, I don't know the finances, but uh, you know, I was surprised uh, when I watched UNLV football this year mm-hmm. and they mentioned that, uh, that he interviewed, I mean, like our, our platforms, Brennan Marion interviewed for, I think it was the San Diego state job. He's got the go-go offense that is, ca- that came over what previously for, from Howard uh, that's the play on go-go there. Uh, out of Washington, DC. But um, that is one I don't, like I said, I don't know that he would be like, is he taking a pay cut to, to get the Florida, Florida A&M job? I'm not sure, but I can tell you this. I think he's very good at his job because that offense was fire this year. Uh, he was at Howard from 2017, 2018. He was also at William and Mary in 2019. He's got I think, I mean, I guess the thing is you don't, he doesn't really have Florida ties. Um, but I, I, if you could, if you could get him, I think that'd be a fucking slam dunk, but who knows? I mean, like I said, I don't know the, the, the financial side of it. I don't know what Florida A&M is working with paying coaches, but that would be a one that would jump out names. to mind. A couple of wild names that just popped into my brain that could fit the bill. Uh, Willie Taggart. I, I've never been a huge fan of Willie Taggart, but for a position like that. I mean, you know, and, and so late in the game again, and he does have a track a, a record of, he has a track record of having success at Western Kentucky in mm-hmm. South Florida. It wouldn't be in South Florida. I know he struggled a little bit recently, but, and he's uh, I believe he's coaching with the Ravens or something right now. Uh, just an assistant position coach and maybe, uh, maybe a Charlie strong type too. Also roots in Florida, you know, fits the bill. So I, I don't know if those are guys, you know, this is just off the top of my head. Names that popped in. But well, strong's got those ties in Florida. I think strong would be a home run hire. You, I think so you could get Charlie strong. Like I said, I know he struggled at Texas and South Florida, but maybe, you know, yeah, he, he had a raw deal from the get-go at Texas, man. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so may, may, maybe maybe that could work out. I like that. Um, either way, we'll have you covered on the FCS College Football Experience as the uh, off season continues to hit a, heat up. Uh, obviously, the portal has been uh, insane, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, a lot of players haven't found homes yet. I know, like Reese Poffenberger and stuff that we had mentioned uh, that we are so high on throughout the season that you know. Most of, I still feel like a lot of the big names and maybe you have some big names uh, from Montana and South Dakota state that hit the portal after this. Um, but has there any been any that just jump out to you as like, holy shit, you know, this guy hit the portal. Uh, yeah. So um, a couple of them for me, I mean, you know, I think we talked about McCoy had hit the portal on the last one. I don't know if he had gone to Oregon state. Uh, when we recorded the last podcast or not, I'm not, I don't 100%. think so, but that's a great get by yeah. Oregon state. That's, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. Especially, 
with the turnover on the roster there. I mean, that's, that's an exciting start, you know? Yeah. J- uh, uh, Giovanni McCoy, uh, Idaho Vandal starting quarterback. And that's one that just Idaho's top three offensive playmakers uh, all hitting the portal. I thought that they were really building something there with uh, Jason Eck there, but I, it makes me question now how they're going to look next year. I thought, you know, this was something they could build on and maybe they still can, but losing McCoy, losing what Anthony Woods, their 1100 yard running back, 16 touchdowns on the season. He went to the Utah Utes in the pack. Well, in the big 12, I guess it'll be next year, but, uh, and then they lost receiver Hayden Hatton. Now I don't think he's landed anywhere yet. At least that I've seen. Uh, but that's a, that's a team that we thought like their future seems so bright uh, over the past, mm-hmm. you know, two years. I don't know. You lose pieces like that. It's hard to replace that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, a school like Idaho that things can get off the track there really quick. I mean, I imagine, you know, you get a lot of guys from in state, but I imagine it's pretty hard to bring a lot of guys from out of state into Idaho to, to play there. So that's, those are some big names to lose. And I, I hope it doesn't take the program down too far. Um, we mentioned Florida and M a lot of big names coming in there. I mean, from, from big schools, I should say more so, but I mean, you know, I'm looking, I see six, seven, about six or seven, you know, power five players that went to Florida A and M. So I hope they stick around, you know, once they figure out the coaching situation there. Yeah. I mean, I saw some other ones too, that uh, a few big time, great defensive players uh, for North Dakota state, like Eli Mostart, uh, he announced he was coming back. Like North Dakota state, I guess had a very good off season, even despite losing their head coach, because a bunch of their players announced that they're coming back. Uh, so they should be pretty. And those are like fifth, six year seniors that I think they could be right back in the mix to win uh, after a down year, I guess this year would be um, uh, a bunch of other players coming back. That's a good sign for the bison. We'll talk more. We're going to go like one by one, you know, through all this in the, in the off season. Uh, I saw South Dakota state though. Uh, linebacker, Adam Bach, who's a stud for them. All American. He announced he's coming back. They're using his extra year of eligibility to come back for South Dakota state. Remember, remember Mark Gronowski is not, he has two more years of eligibility and, and that's something we should highlight too, is, is on the other side of that Clifton McDowell, who's 11 and 0 as a starter has one more year of eligibility as well. So providing they don't hit the portal. And by the way, South Dakota state opens the season next year in Stillwater against uh, Mike Gundy and the Oklahoma state Cowboys. Fascinating uh, that, you know, you're getting a lot of signs that uh, some of the big time programs are able. Now I wonder if that's NIL. Do you think that's NIL? That's bringing back some of these players. Whereas Idaho's players are just saying, Hey, peace out. Even though we're not that far away from being, you know, mm-hmm. essentially North Dakota state or, or South Dakota state or Montana. I, I think definitely, definitely some, some of it has to do with NIL and, and, you know, there's some of the telltale signs there when you start looking at, you know, look at South Dakota state's jerseys compared to some other team, you know, everything there, it's flashy. They have the talent right now. They're kind of, you know, the new hot thing on the market around. So I think there's definitely some NIL. There's a lot of investing into that school. And I, uh, I don't think that team's going anywhere soon. And, and for good reason, I mean, look at what happened with Idaho, you know, that's a team, Hey, maybe, maybe you got to find a little more money and find a little more uh, ways to make it work. So your teams don't 
all jump ship, kind of Albany, same situation after this year, all those guys just popping, getting right out after the playoffs. So uh, you got to find a way to get the money to get these guys to stay. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, there's still some big quarterbacks out there. I, I'd like, you know, uh, like I said, if Poffenberger ends up, I mean, if you were North Dakota state, I mean, I don't know, maybe he has an FBS. I think he's an FBS caliber quarterback, but I don't know. I mean, money is money. If some of these, Let me schools- ask you though, did, did that, uh, did that South Dakota state game? I mean, did, it's a tough game to transfer after. I mean, that had to hurt the stock a little bit, you know? Sure. But I still think you got that Marshall game. You got that Hawaii mm-hmm. game. You got uh, just a, a few different ones that you can use the tape on. Uh, same with some of the other quarterbacks that we've seen that hit the portal. There's a lot of good FCS quarterbacks that have hit the portal. I don't know that, that a lot of them haven't found homes yet. So we will have you covered with all of that stuff folks. Uh, but that's another episode. We're going to go through, trust me, just because this is the final game of the season, it doesn't stop here. We're going to be talking FCS all year long. Um, let's get to the national championship and talk about this game in Frisco, Texas. But before we do that, I want to tell you folks out there that the FCS college football experience is brought to you by underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. They got NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and you better believe they got college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in, people. So what are you doing? Watch along, make picks, and make some extra cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code TCESGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code TCESGPN. We're also brought to you by the hockey gambling podcast. Yes. And their uh, giveaway, they're giving away a hoodie. Yes. You love the NHL. You need to check out the hockey gambling podcast. Uh, they just launched their new YouTube channel and they're giving away a brand new hoodie to celebrate sports gambling podcast.com slash HGP to enter that sports gambling podcast.com slash HGP. All right, here we go. Frisco, Texas. Now, I found this to be quite surprising. You know, South Dakota state has never beaten Montana. They are zero and eight all time. And that dates back, I believe until, I mean, starting in the 1960s, I believe if memory serves me correct. Let me just double check that. Uh, but that's pretty uh, astonishing. If so, uh, yeah, 1969, the first time they played Oh, and eight. They've only played once though on the road. I don't know. This isn't a road game. Let me ask you that. Who will have the crowd here? Who will have the crowd here? Because Montana, we know uh, is a, a, they have a strong fan base. You also have South Dakota state. It's got a strong fan base. Do, do you think there's an edge in the crowd? I think if if I had to predict it, I would say it's got to be South Dakota State right now. With just, I mean, it, it's becoming kind of a "what have you done for me lately" type of situation in sports in general. And I think the noise that this team's making, I think that's what everybody's saying. If they're watching, if they're tuning into this game, I think everybody's saying the same thing I tell people that are new to the FCS. And it's, hey, you got to see the South Dakota State team. They can ball. So as much as I respect Montana as a program, historically, obviously, like you said, the better program. But uh, I think I think South Dakota State, they've got the momentum as a program right now. And I think that they're going to have the crowd. But I don't think it's going to be overwhelming. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm very curious to see how that shakes out. 
Uh, hopefully folks are watching youtube.com slash the college experience, even though it looks like I've somewhat frozen a little bit on the computer screen. Um, either way. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm fascinated by this game. So never beaten Montana. You have that going for you. If you're a South Dakota state Jackrabbit fan, you're saying, Hey, we've had enough of this bullshit with Montana being eight. No against us. But at the same time, Bobby Hawk, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies, who's been uh, you know, so important with uh, getting this Montana program back to where it should be after, after uh, Bob Stitt in, in, in that era, um, he's he, his first tenure in Missoula. He went to three national championship games, but never won one, never won one. So this is a huge moment for him. I mean, he's approaching Buffalo bill territory here. If, if he does not. So if he loses this one, even though I know they're big time dogs, you sit there and say, man, this is his fourth time here. He's never won one. Uh, Do you think that's a real motivational edge for this team? They also have the fact also that the, they lost legendary coach Don Reed this week. So a little tragic magic situation, but your thoughts on that. I mean, I think, I think the edge for Montana and, and, and the mindset that they got to come in the edge, if they can find one uh, is they got to come in there and understand that they're the underdogs. They got to understand that they're playing with house money. I don't think there's a person really out there. That's going to go to the you know casinos in Vegas or wherever you're at. And they're going to toss a large chunk of money on them to win this game. I, you know, we're going to try to make cases for these two teams and it's, it's tough to make one for Montana. So I think that's the mindset you go in. You're playing with house money. Nobody's really expecting you to win this game, go out there, play with a chip on your shoulder. And I, th- I think that's the edge. I don't think they're looking at, Hey, we got to get this done. I think they're looking at everybody says we can't do it. Let's go shut them up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just think uh, I was a bit shocked when I saw this line 13 and a half points, 13 and a half points is what the Montana Grizzlies and this gone, this opened up. I feel like at 12, 12 and a half, it has gone up to 13 and a half points currently. Like I said, this may get worse uh, moving forward too. So uh, were you a bit surprised by that line opening up like that? You know, honestly, I expected this line to open up at 14 and a hook. And I felt like it was going to be a little bit of bait towards the Montana side, try to start drawing money that way. So I was surprised to see this line start under two touchdowns for South Dakota State, knowing that the public loves the bet favorites and knowing that the run that South Dakota State is on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just trying to fix my screen, which is not working right now. Uh, Are you getting that frozen screen too? Yeah, yeah, I got you with a uh, very, very serious, perplexed uh, <laughs> look on your face. <laughs> My apologies if you're watching YouTube.com/slash the college experience. I'm not sure what happened, but we froze up a little bit. Um, let me ask you this: so you, so you weren't surprised? I was a little surprised. I thought it'd be more like, to tell you the truth, I thought it'd be more like nine, ten, something like that. Thirteen and a half is a gigantic number. So they're plus 400 on the money line right now. Uh, the over unders at 49 and a half. Not, like I said, they're calling for uh, uh wind, but still kind of a nice day, a high of 59 degrees. This game's going to be being played at 11 AM uh, Pacific time. So what is that local time? I guess what? Yeah. Around one o'clock local time. Um, it does the wind have you leaning under over. I kind of think 
I thought it would be colder. And originally I was thinking under, but now that I see that it's not that cold, I'm thinking maybe over 49 and a half is the play. How about yourself? Man, that's a really tough one. I mean, both these teams, they really like to pound the rock as much as they can. They both like to play some decent defense as much as they can. So all that kind of makes me feel like this number feels high. And the way I kind of see the game going, I I think I'm feeling the under, honestly. I I don't know what to expect out of Montana as far as really popping off in this game against the South Dakota State team. So I'm leaning under for myself. Well, I can tell you this. If it is as bad and as windy as they are calling for, uh, kicking edge, I think would be kind of interesting to see uh, what South Dakota state's kicker Hunter Dustman, by the way, great name uh, Hunter Dustman though. He uh, obviously cooks or uh, kicks in Brookings, which, you know, the wind gets kind of crazy there. That might be an advantage just right there, but he was 17 of 23. Uh, he did miss two extra points, but 17 of 23 from field goals. Uh, he was eight of eight from 40 to 49 yards. Mm. Pretty impressive. Ooh. Pretty impressive that's, there. That's solid right there. Um, either way, I feel like that that's an interesting battle within if the wind is as bad as they say it's going to be. Also, uh, Montana's kind of used two kickers, Nico Ramos and Grant Glasgow. Uh, these guys have been pretty good all year too. They're 17 of 19. They actually have the better combined field goal percentage than South Dakota state. I don't know if there's an edge there, but uh, they have also missed uh, their fair share of extra points this season too. They actually have uh, five missed extra points on the season. Five. That's a big number that could play a factor. Um, all right. So let's, let's do this before we make our picks. What what's the key to South Dakota State making it back to back national champions? Is it just limit the turnovers and option read Mark Gronowski, Isaiah Davis all day long? Yes, you get the Janky brothers involved some, but I just think that run game and that offensive line and that top ranked defense in the FCS. They put the kibosh on the Montana rushing attack, make Clifton McDowell beat you with his arm. I don't know if he's capable of doing that against a, a defense of this caliber. Is it that simple of an analysis of just, I mean, Gronowski is a guy who can run the ball. He's got seven rushing touchdowns and Isaiah Davis on the NFL radar foot almost 1500 yards, 17 touchdowns and Amar Johnson. That rushing attack is just so potent between those three. Is it just that simple for South Dakota state? What do you think the game plan is? What, what, uh, guessing how the game will go. If South Dakota state wins, what would be the blueprint on them winning? You think? Yeah. I mean, you, you said it to me, man, it's go out there and play their football game, control the game with your defense, run the ball as much as you can surprise them, catch them off guard every now and then with the pass. I think, uh, like you said, you know, if Montana is going to win this game, they're going to have to figure out how to move the ball through the air. I think, because this team you know, South Dakota State, you're talking about what the uh, sixth, sixth rushing defense in the in the country in the FCS. So, I mean, that's that's tough right there. And, and, and that's what Montana wants to do is, is move the ball on the ground. So I think they go out there, they play their normal game. If they're able to establish that against Montana, I, I honestly think they get this one done easy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, 
I uh, I think they yeah I limit the turnovers obviously I think that can be said for any fuck prediction of a game this is how a team wins limit the turnovers no uh, I think the line of scrimmage and then obviously making McDowell beat you in the air and also how about this limiting Montana's special teams what do they have three touchdowns the past two games on returns that that should be a huge point of emphasis I think going into Frisco but uh, all right we're gonna flip it around and talk. What's the key to the game for the Grizzlies to get, to get that dub, to get Bobby Hawk, his first FCS national championship. But before we do that, I want to tell you folks out there that the FCS college football experience is brought to you by game time. Look, buying tickets to your favorite events. Shouldn't be that stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater that are near you. Uh, with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll be having at that very event. So folks, what are you doing? Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app. Now create an, uh, an account there. Uh, use the promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Once again, terms apply redeeming code CFBX for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by hall of fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with hall of fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use that promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, we are back. And, uh, well, I mean, Shout out to uh, College Football Campus Tour, who I will know. I, I know he's going to this game in Frisco, Texas. So if you're going to the game in Frisco, hit up CFB Campus Tour on Twitter and uh, meet up with the legend himself. Uh, he's got an awesome new calendar out. Uh, check that out, folks. He's got, you know, he's been like over 90 games this college football season. FCS, FBS, doesn't matter. There's football being played. College Football Campus Tour is always there. Good friend of the program. Um, let's let's build the case now for the Montana Grizzlies. Montana Grizzlies. Um, it's been a wild year. I, I'd say. I know me and you on this very show. If you were to ask us what September thirtieth, I think we were like, yeah, they suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of thought they were overrated. Uh, I thought like that, that the performance against Butler and against uh, who was the, the third game. I feel like the third game against a D two school. I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Ferris state, Ferris mm-hmm. state almost now Ferris state's a good, very good uh, D two school, but they just weren't looking good. Then they made that switch uh, to Clifton McDowell. They got the big Mac. We got the big Mick uh, and he has been all the difference you know, he's undefeated now as a starter, 13 touchdowns on the season. I know that's not lighting it on fire, but still just three interceptions. I think that is the huge thing because when they were going with Sam Vidlock, uh, he's a guy who threw four picks, the former Oregon state transfer. They still have him there by the way. And he's, he's, he's decently talented, but McDowell has played turnover free football. He's also stretched the, the field a little bit longer, believe it or not. Now the co- completion percentage wasn't as good as with Vidlock. But McDowell gives you that dual threat capability that puts fear in defenses. And also he was as averaging eight yards a throw, just about compared to Vidlock six, 6.4. 
So yes, the completion percentage is not as good, but I think the the potency in the offense, you know, they do a ton of option read stuff. They do a ton of QB draws, stuff like that. You're always on edge when McDowell's got the ball and the capabilities that he has to throw the ball down the field uh, proves that I think to me, it's just a harder, harder for your defense to get ready for uh, between him. He, and he's rushed for over 700 yards this season too. And nine touchdowns might I add. Um, but that's to me, the key for Montana, you know, you, you look back at what McDowell did previously in the North Dakota state game, you know, he, it didn't have the greatest, just 160 yards in the air. But I, I think that's kind of like his MO of like, Hey, get somewhere in that range between one fifty and I don't know, two ten. Don't turn the ball over. I mean, he made, he threw some interceptions against Delaware and against Furman. He didn't against the bison, but if he cannot turn the ball over, uh, I think that's the key. And then can you, if he can get in that range where you just put enough fear in them to, to respect the pass and then let the run game do its thing because McDowell, the other running backs, they have what Eli Gilman, uh, Osmo, those guys. And then the, 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 the wild card factor is junior Bergen. Who's had all of those returns. I don't know. I just think uh, that's the key for them. And obviously defensively is, can they just put a little bit of a, like, just stop the run game. I, I would say make Gronowski beat you in the air. He's capable of beating you in the air. We've seen that before, but I don't know. What do you think? What's your analysis? If you're Montana, if you're telling your team that all right, this is what we got to do to win the game, what would that be? So, you know, I'm not a guy, I, I hate betting the favorite. I really do. I always, I get way more excited about betting a dog. So what worries me about this game when we're talking the underdog is, is if you're talking these two teams, normal style of play, they're honestly, they're stylistically, they're pretty similar type of football teams. They both like to be physical. They both like to not turn the ball over. They both like to run the football. I just think everything that Montana does, South Dakota state does a lot, lot, lot better. And if they struggle with North Dakota state, barely squeaking out that game, took a miracle to get it done. You go out there and you play your normal game. I think South Dakota State handles you. I think they handle you easily. That's what I keep saying. I think Montana has to create some fireworks. I think McDowell has to come out slinging a little bit, running around. I think he's the entire key. No turnovers and just keep the defense on their heels. Keep them guessing the entire time. I don't think they can come out there and try to go nose to nose and and go head to head with this team the way you would expect this Montana team to play. I think they really they got to open it up. I think they got to get creative and I think they got to understand you're not going to win this game playing this kind of style of football. You want to win. You got to be aggressive. I think aggressive and, and Bergen come through with another kick return special teams. Hey, maybe we got something going. I was about to say that, that if they can win, if they can win the special teams and I think I'm back actually talking to you here, uh, <laughs> if they can win the special teams battle that, and that only means may, maybe Bergen doesn't even get a touchdown, but if they can make their field goals, and, and, and win the punting game with the winds that strong. Maybe, maybe that's an angle there. Uh, all when it's all said and done, I think Montana covers, I think South Dakota state's going to win, but I think I'm looking at something like, I like this spot of where, uh, 31, 20, 31, 21, 31, 24, something like that. Um, what are you doing here? It seems like you're all over the Jackrabbits. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with the Jackrabbits. I'm going to say final score somewhere in the ballpark of maybe uh, 24 to 10, 28 to 10 in that range. That's what I'm looking at. 
All right. Now let's talk about this. Why the fuck is this game played on Sunday? <laughs> uh, it's like they want to shoot themselves in the FCS foot as much as possible, man. I don't understand it. If you're trying to sell your product, I understand the TV execs are in charge and they get to choose when, uh, but I just 11 AM on ABC Sunday, uh, folks, just to give you an idea uh, an hour before that the NFL kicks off. Right. And, and I, I do believe that this is a, like, I think your average American is a college football fan. That, that is a college football fan is also an NFL fan. Mm-hmm. And I would also think that the same for the FCS. And if you're not a Montana, if you're not in the state of Montana or any of the Dakotas, I highly doubt you're going to decide to watch this over. If you're an NFL fan, now I'm going to, I like the FCS more than the NFL, but I'm in the minority here, but they have, uh, let me see here. Saints Falcons going on with playoff implications, right? Vikings lions, I guess would have potential playoff implications considering if the Lions could lose. Uh, you got Belichick against the jets, which is historically a, a heated rivalry. Um, the bucks taking on the Panthers. I guess what the bucks are playing for their postseason life. You have all this shit going on. <laughs> you couldn't pick a worse time to play this fucking game for market for marketing. You could not. You, why not put this on Monday before the FBS national championship? Why not put this on Saturday as a lead in to the NFL games or shit Friday night by itself. The month this is unbelievable that they are okay with this. This is once again, the disorganization of college sports. And I think this hurts them more than it helps them. What do you make of this? I totally agree. There's, there's like one, one sport, oddly enough, I don't even really follow it. Kind of started following a little bit once I got down here because everybody in the area loves it. There's one sport I see that makes the smart decisions and just completely avoids NFL games. And that's, hockey, believe it or not, NHL, they'll schedule like two games on a Sunday night. They don't want to mess with, they don't want that smoke from the NFL. That's because you got to understand. I mean, me, I love college football. Wait, I barely, I barely watch the NFL. I watch my team, you know, but I'll I'll pick college nine times out of 10. But I understand that like you, I'm in the minority, man. You can't stop the juggernaut. That is the NFL. And, And the fact that you would even try even on a week like this, where, like you said, yes, there are some playoff implications, but most of it, you're going to see, you know, third stringers out there and a lot of them for the teams that are already settled, but there's still, you know, everybody's got fantasy football lineups and all that yeah. stuff. They're going to be tuning in. It's a stupid thing. Like you said, put it on Friday, put it on Saturday, put it on Monday, anything. Just it's just an epic NFL. fail. It's an epic <laughs> fail because like, if you're trying, if you're the FCS, you're trying to make as much money as possible. I understand that the TV contract dictates this. So th- you're going to, by you making the most money, the TV contracts giving you the Sunday slate for some strange reason. I think that's a fail on their part too. But uh, I would argue that you go look elsewhere because it doesn't make any sense. You're trying to get the youth. You're trying to, you know, I think most college football fans want to watch this game, but they might also be Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans or whatever. And they want to see their team make the playoff. Or like you said, maybe it's a fantasy football thing. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be worse. Like, honestly, but you might as well hate next year. Just play it while, while the new year's ball drops. Cause that's how <laughs> fucking dumb this is. That's how fucking dumb this is. Uh, 
I wish they had better leadership because I think this game could be fantastic between two blue bloods. Uh, I am taking the points. I do think South Dakota state's getting their second national championship in a row. And I'm excited to, uh, to see if that happens. I'm, I'm rooting against it though. I hope Bobby Hawk gets that first one. So he doesn't pull the Marv Levy, but either way, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, we'll have you covered next week. We'll recap it. We'll also talk some of the portal news out there. And maybe Florida a makes a decision. Maybe Texas Southern makes a decision. I don't know. Maybe more coaches, you know, uh, depart or, you know, whatever. I don't know. We'll, we'll, whatever happens, we'll be talking about it, but make sure you give golf coast guru a file, a follow here on Twitter at GCG underscore wins. Mike does great work and he's even writing articles over there at the sports Gelly podcast. Get that SGPN app, which is free to download in the app store and Google play store. I'm on Twitter at the Colby D. Sorry for the technical problems tonight. Uh, my wife is pregnant, so I am home and I'm assuming despite me, you know, paying for the best internet, it's failing me. Uh, I'm on Twitter though at the Colby D give us a follow the FCS college football Experience is on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. subscribe, tell a friend uh, once again, youtube.com slash the college experience subscribe there. Cause we're not stopping all year. We're going to talk an FCS college football and uh, schedules released. We're going to be talking each, about each and every team's schedule. Oh, coming this spring, uh, folks. Uh, check out the sports gambling podcast. Check out the college football experience. I'll be back tonight with the college basketball experience. I see people talking about the fucking Long Island Sharks winning in college hoops. We're going to be talking all about that uh, in the future here in a couple hours, two hours, I think. So until next time, folks. This is the FCS college football experience. You better start thinking about yours and enjoy Frisco, Texas. And we out of here.